What's up, Freedom Church family? We are so glad that you've decided to join us today. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that God's word is crucial to experiencing his true freedom. We pray that you will find hope and that God will speak to you wherever you are through today's message. God, your presence is in this place. It's palpable. Our soul has no choice but to lift your name up, to exalt you as king. We declare you the Lord of our lives, the Lord of our hearts. We're not just singing to sing. We're declaring that you are the reason to live. You are our reason. You are our life source. And without you, there's nothing that we'd rather be doing. There's nothing without you. We declare that today. We pray for the many that are about to hear your voice. We pray for the families that that you're going to bring back. We're praying for those young people that that feel like their life is a disaster and they have no idea that you're just starting. We pray for those single mothers, those single parents. We pray for our community. We pray we pray for what you are doing currently today. You are moving in our lives in a special way. And we can feel you. We can sense you. Bring the dreams back. Bring the visions back. Bring the passion back. Allow us to be more hungry for you than we are for the things that that call our attention. I pray that this is fertile ground for what you're about to declare in our lives. I pray that the seed that's about to be deposited will not go empty. And I pray that what you are doing in this atmosphere with your people that they can see the return of being in your presence. I ask you this in your powerful name, in your powerful name, the name that breaks chains, the name that casts out all demons, the name that lights up a room, the name, the name, the name, the name, the powerful name that that releases things into the atmosphere, the name, the name that is king, the name that is above all things. In your name we pray and we declare freedom. 
in your name. We pray. Can someone give God a praise right there where you're at? Amen. Amen. God is doing something very powerful in our midst. And um, if you can't detect it, let me just tell you that God is, he's shifting things. It's not going to stay the same, y'all. Whatever you do, just realize that God is shifting things and that the world does not have control. He does. He does. Never lost it. Never lost a battle. Never will lose a battle. That's the God that we serve. Amen, somebody. Well, I just want to say that if you worship with a migraine like that, I mean, my God. She just, God just used you to break some chains and, and to tell our soul to worship. So we love you. And thank you for your dedication and your passion. There's a difference between singing and worshiping. And you establish that line. Amen. Um, I told y'all that I had a surprise for y'all, didn't I, right? On my text message. And I said, man, I had a surprise for y'all. And so um, as, as the time comes, obviously, we're, we're wanting to let you guys know. I, I know that Brina said it already, but we, we have our Easter festival. And it's going to be amazing. And I know that mo more of you guys are going to want to participate, be a part of it. Trust me. I, I don't want to plan it anymore. Y'all, I need people that can plan it, that can make it happen. Larissa, thank you so much publicly because I know that they invested in you and they're saying, hey, she's going to make the new shirt of Freedom Church with Brina. So you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad. Do your thing. Feel free to put in your your. Uh, talent and your creativity. I'm just glad that I have a less job to do. <laughs> That's all I'm, I'm glad about it. So I'm so thankful. But I do have uh, a gift for you and for myself too, because pastor's been preaching this whole entire year already, and we're almost in March, y'all. No breaks, okay? So um, God has definitely connected us to a source, which um, most of you guys know, but if you don't know, Pastor Micah and I, um, it, the connection was divine, just like our connection here with you. I, I didn't force it. I didn't make it happen. Just God just placed it together, and he's become another sword that kind of like just sharpens minds, okay? And I've, I'm so grateful for the people that God has placed in my life because some of you are an inspiration. Some of you are swords that I, I just sharpened with. Some of you pray over my life like Mama Ada, right? She prays for my life, and I'm so thankful for you because you have a warrior spirit. But uh, Pastor Mike and his family are a true blessing to my life and to this church. And I believe that God has deposited a word in his life and in his heart for all of us. 
So will you do me the grand favor and make sure that you make a lot of noise when he comes up here so he's not feeling shy? So come on, Pastor Michael. Wow, what an introduction. Can we just put our hands together for Jesus just really fast? He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You may be seated, I know. Hey, you, you, what you don't understand here at Freedom Friends is we walk into a place where the presence of God is frequent. And I have to be honest with you, I, I look so forward to just stepping into the room because there is worship. And if you can't tell, I just instantly start, oh, and just going off because there's a glory here. And I want to tell you something. Don't get too comfortable in the glory because when he sins more, you need to be ready because more is coming. And this glory that we're here, this this trumpet that begin to open up the room. I didn't know she had a migraine. Glory to God. But the walls are falling down. Amen. All right. So I, I got a word from a familiar portion of scripture. And like Pastor Israel said, um, I believe the Lord just dropped it, dropped it. And so if you could um, stand for the reading of the word. And here's what I'm going to do. I have 20 verses to read. I'm only going to read the first nine of them, okay? And then we'll reference to the screen. It's a lot of verses, okay? And we just want to preface here. I'm going to give you the title and pray, and then we can run, okay? Um, if you can, jump to Acts chapter 9, the book of Acts chapter 9. Um, we'll read Acts 9, 1 through 9. And... Uh, you know, this is, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Okay, I'm reading from the New King James Version um, and uh, excited about it. And when you have it, say, oh, yeah. If you don't have it, say, wait a minute. All right, I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you. Okay, today is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that he established us, placed us in a church called Freedom and wants to liberate our lives today. Amen. I'm just stalling. I'm just stalling. I'm just stalling. <laughs> Acts chapter 9 in the New Testament. Okay. Um, if you don't have it at this point, it's on the screen. It's on the screen so you can track as well. Here reads the word of God. It says, then Saul. Can you say Saul? still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And he journeyed, uh, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly, can you say suddenly? 
Suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting? Um, is it, uh, it is hard, excuse me, persecuting me, verse five. And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise, go into the city and you will be told what you must do. And the man who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul rose from the ground and when his eyes were open, he saw no one, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight and neither ate nor drink. Would you bow your head just really quick? Heavenly Father, we invite you into this room. We thank you. You're already here. We thank you that you're already moving. We thank you as the word was spoken, it already started to knock on our hearts and our minds. And we pray that you, Father, would hide me behind your word, that you and you alone will be seen today. Speak big in me through these lips of clay, the unsearchable riches of God that's able to build us up. Now we bind any enemy that would keep us from what you have. We thank you for victory in front of us, behind us, to our right and to our left. We say this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated, but on your way down, if you could tell your neighbor the title, he is on both sides. He is on both sides. It'll make sense at the end. He is on both sides. You know, I love preaching the word of God because the word is not biased. The word has facts, honest facts, insights, and intricate details that underscore the possibility that we can be in the scripture and we're not disconnected from the scripture. The word is so realistic that it will keep facts and details about a, a in particular person that when you read it, it reads you and you can see yourself. You can see your temperance. You can see your momentum. You can see your failures. And in the word, we meet a guy named Saul. Now, if you've ever been in church, at least for one calendar year, you've heard this text preached. Acts chapter nine. The chapter known as the great conversion of Saul, the Damascus experience. And it's powerful. And I don't want to underscore this great underscoring of, of Saul, um, the, the great apostle. But at this time, we, we have a picture happening. Your pastor, my boy, my guy, pastor, the great Israel, just said that God is doing something in the earth. Okay. And if you can just look, you can perceive on TV, you can perceive on social media, you can perceive that something's happening. And here recently, just over 200 hours ago, there was a revival that just broke out in Kentucky. Okay? And it's awesome. And where revival breaks out, it draws multitudes of responses. It draws people that jump on a flight. I feel like if freedom had the setup, freedom would be in that place. Oh, oh, and I'm going to be in the bus behind freedom. Hey, can I carry your bags? I'm going, right? That's a powerful setup and situation, but revival draws critics. 
Revival draws different perspectives. It draws all kinds, and people resist at revival. We pray for God to revive us. Let's remove the re and the o and talk about vive. Um, that's just that God would cause us to live again. And that's all we're praying. Come on, my soul. Don't you get shy on me. Lift up those hands. You got something on the inside of you. Revive me, oh God. Is that the prayer of your heart? Sometimes you wake up on a Monday and that voice is kind of deep, a little frog in there. You're tired and revive me, oh God. <laughs> right? Here we have a revival taking place. This revival is real and it's ready. And there's people coming by the droves all over. Okay, it was powerful. The Holy Spirit fell in Acts 2. A situation popped off. People like 5,000, 3,000 and then 5,000 joined the church. Everybody was preaching. Things took place. It was growth taking place. The Holy Spirit fell in such a way that people went from speaking in their understanding to languages that were ancient. They were uh, unique, ancients that were heavenly, languages that were known by man. That's all kinds of languages. And I don't know if you, if you see this like I do, but when you look in the scriptures and you see that something happened, it can happen today if you believe. The place of agreement is the place of opportunity for God to show up. And he shown up, showed up. And this revival broke out in the land. And people begin to sell their stuff. And things begin to take place. And all kinds of greatness took place. People were meeting and worshiping similar to this Asbury breakout in Kentucky. It was powerful. This couple... In chapter 5, begin to profess a lie to the Holy Spirit. And in their um, changing of the story, <laughs> the Lord took them out. People saw God's glory. Fast forward, there's a young man named Stephen. Anybody ever had a friend named Steve? Named Stephen. I love bold young people. I work with young people all the time. And this, this young bruh just wanted an opportunity to speak up. And sure enough, he did. Now, if you hear the southern and kind of the hood, sure enough, he did. That just means he walked in there and said, listen here. The Lord, bam, glory fell. But it drew the critics. And at the heart of this moment, there was a young man who held the coats of the Pharisees that stoned this young bold man to death. His name was Saul. Saul was a beast. A Hebrews of Hebrews. A Roman citizen with education studied under the great Gamaliel. He was a, he was a straight beast. He had insight and foresight. He contemplated what took place and something arose in him, critic, that when this revival began to break out, 
it wasn't happening the way he saw it and how he was taught. And I, I got to admire him because he's not one that's going to sit on the side and watch. I'm all about someone that's going to be about that action. Now, our action is not always right, but he didn't just sit. He said, they're not doing what I'm doing and I'm going to make and do something about it. So he goes and somehow he gets permission to take out those that believe. In other terms, those of the way. Now, I don't know about you. If you knew somebody growing up or somebody in your hood or somebody in your scenario that took matters into his own hands, right? And said, I'm going to change this thing. Come hell or high water, I'm going to modify this thing. And sure enough, he did. He got permission. And you know the story, okay? He was on his way to Damascus. Now, I learned a little something in studying for this, okay, that um, on his way to Damascus from Jerusalem, that's a week's long journey, okay? That's some of on foot or on a horse, 135 miles. You have to be so set in your ways that you're going to walk or ride a horse for 135 millimillies. <laughs> Just look at the determination of a person that's so focused. And it made me wonder, am, do I believe what I believe so much that I would traverse on foot a week's long journey to be a change agent? Though he was wrong. Now, you got to understand Pharisees, pharisaical order back in the day, they were very pomped and circumstantial. They wanted to be seen. They were peacocks of the land. They, they wanted to walk. And, and Paul was, Saul, excuse me, was no different at the time. He, he walked and, and walked with this. So he could have been on his high horse. He could have had a horse. We know that there were men with him. He was on his high horse walking and going. And could you, could you see this picture? Determined coming from Jerusalem. Rumor had went ahead to Damascus that Saul was coming. Saul was known as the great persecutor, the great uh, orderer of destruction. He was okay with the mob murdering, murdered himself, would snatch women and men out and take them and imprison them and present them to the high priest. Huh, I love that. For what he deemed right. Now he studied under Gamaliel who was a peaceful man. But Paul wanted to do it his own way. And I love this. He had orders from the high priest. From one who had authority. And on the way to change something. He ran smack dead into authority. He ran smack dead into light. Now, Acts 22, where he talks about his conversion, he says that it was midday. Now, does anyone know where is the sun at during midday? Say it again. The highest point straight up. Okay. It's at its brightest point and at midday with authority, 
with permission, papers, determination, and pomp and circumstance, with the sun bright, ran into a light that was much more. How you have authority from the high priest and run into something with authority. You got to understand real authority doesn't speak on itself. When real authority shows up, those that walk with pomp and circumstances bow down. That's just a small commercial to say you don't have to prove who you are. If God has called you freedom to be free, okay, be who you are. Because when he starts adding, they're going to start hearing about the free church called freedom. Ah, y'all ain't ready yet. It's come. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's something that the Lord is doing. Here we have a man that ran into the light. Now, you know the story. He ran into Jesus. Jesus said, whom are you? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting thou me? King James, why? And he said, I love this. He didn't believe in the way. Paul's answer would have said, yo, uh, Jesus is dead. It says in Deuteronomy 21 that cursed is the man who hangs on the tree. And you're saying that Jesus is alive. He died on the tree. There's no way he could be the Messiah and there's no way he's alive. And the one who is persuaded ran into the one who was alive. Can you imagine running into the one that you kill people over? You drag men and women, get in there, lock the door, brought them back out. You brought people in and you run into Jesus. You didn't know what he looked like, but how come light illuminates immediately and you recognize his first answer is Lord. That lets me know there's a knowledge that's been placed in us that we know not of. So an atheist or an unbelieving person can't deny because according to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says eternity has been placed in our hearts. We already know. So when someone says they don't believe, I got you, I got you. But it's already been placed in. (laughs) He's going to reveal that to you. He ran smack dead into the light. Now, I think this picture is amazing because Paul, obese, articulate, smart. He knew multiple languages. Scholars say he knew at least 14 languages. That boy was educated. That boy was articulate. He wrote from a way in, in a local, um, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, I'm just tripping. Okay, he wrote in such a way where the locals understood when it was Greek, when it was poems, when it was a certain writing style. He knew how to communicate upwardly to kings, okay, to locals, um, to those that were afar. He understood jurisdiction and climate. He, he was a beast and ran straight into the light. Now, before I keep going, as we're building this, I just want to preface something. Um, uh, It's always better in the light, to be honest. (laughs) When you run into Jesus, when you run into something that's brilliant, it illuminates who you are. And it's better for us to just acknowledge it quickly. Like people talk about David, people go off about David and he's awesome. But David wasn't a great picture of moral character. (laughs) One thing David did is he repented quickly. 
he was quick to lay down on his face. And that shows us something. That all of us being Jack need to be quick to bow down. Because we can be used quicker. Okay, let's, let's get back to your regular schedule program. All right? All right? You guys are hungry. You got a preacher in the house. And uh, he draws stuff that I'm not accustomed to. And I'm excited about it. It just jumps out of my spirit. Okay? So he says, Lord, what do you want me to do? And here's where we start to hinge. Okay? He says, Lord, what do you want me to do? And Jesus says, Arise, go, and when you go, it will be told you what to do. Now, here's the picture. There's men with him, the entourage, and the Bible says that they're bewildered. They're baffled because they heard a sound, but they didn't hear a voice. They saw something, but they didn't know what was going on. And then this Saul, who was so sure of himself, ran into something more sure of himself. Okay, And uh, this Saul began to talk to something. And these guys were watching like, who's he talking to? Could you imagine? Have you ever followed something that you believe what they believe, but till they, when they change, you didn't know what to believe? They're like, oh, my, we followed him 100, I don't know if it was 135 miles when Jesus showed up. I don't know if it was at 99 miles that Jesus showed up. But if it was 153 miles between Jerusalem and Damascus, they followed him a certain uh, amount of distance and they ran into Jesus or into Paul running into Jesus in such a way that they were like, um, <laughs> what is happening? And the Bible says that they grab his hands and they lead him. Now, if you ever want a picture of what true faith is, it says when the light hit, he lost his eyesight. Okay? He's blind being led. Whew. He can't see where the Lord told him to go. And right there, something in Paul started to change. Where faith started to be his guide. Y'all know faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things yet seen. Though he was an unbelieving man, something changed. He said, go to a street called Straight until I tell you what to do. He had a directive and a hope. He ran into somebody who he's never encountered before. And he said, go. Go. Somebody say go. 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 And he goes. And he arrives. Scholars say that he went to a, a local's uh, house. His name was Judas. This is not the Judas um, that betrayed Jesus, but the guy says a common name, Judas. Okay. And he went there and and he, he began to not eat or drink for three days. For three days. If you can, um, I, I'm going to read 
few more of these verses, because here's the hinge point. This, this is very powerful. It says now in verse 10, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him, the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am. So let's break this down just really quick. Paul was just directed to a person's house named Judas on a street called Straight. Okay. And he sent at the same time, the Lord, the Lord is bad. How can you talk to two people simultaneously? And this is what we know. He could have been talking to 3,600 people simultaneously, but all was captured in the scripture is these two. And he said, Ananias. Now, what I love it is he called two men's names, Saul, Ananias. If you think the Lord doesn't know you or know your situation, don't get it twisted. He knows your name and your locale. He knows your situation. He knows your budget. He knows what you have and what you don't have. He'll mess around and interrupt you in the shower and say, Micah. <laughs> it's real, though. This, this Lord, this awesome Jesus that we serve, ran up on Ananias and said, Ananias. And here's the best answer that, that you can give. And you should learn this as a believer. Okay, He says this simple answer. Here I am. Now we'll circle back to that answer. Here I am, Lord. That's, this is a powerful answer. It said in verse 11, so the Lord said to him, arise and go. That sounds familiar. Go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. It says, and in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Okay, wait a second. The Lord who just spoke to a man with authority and papers on the road, 153 miles, go to a place. And then the same time, the Lord, I know I'm being dramatic, but the Lord <laughs> interrupted another man already in Damascus and called both of them by names and said, arise and go to the same location. There's a man that's there. His name is Saul of Tarsus. Now, this is super practical. If the Lord interrupts your life and tells you to arise and go, first question, can he trust you with obedience? I think today we undermine the very simple facet of if he gives us one small task, do you know one small task opens up the door for more trust? The Bible says that if you're faithful with the little, he will trust you with much. So your faithfulness with the little freedom is creating a bridge, as Brina just declared, for trust. Right? Your faithfulness with the few will create trust for the many. So before we even get into the meat of this, you got to be faithful and consistent because your consistency is a setup. 
You don't even know your name is being yelled outside of here. People are seeing what's happening. And that simultaneously, he's dropping in the hearts of men and women. I heard Pastor Israel say that families are coming back. What you don't know is this is part of this message, man of God. And this is what the Lord had really uh, interrupted me on Wednesday evening right after our student ministry. Families are coming back to freedom. But I, I will articulate that in a second. OK, here's the unique spot is he told a man go to a street called straight. He said there's a person, there is a location, specific location, and there is a directive. OK, this leads me to believe that God is so deliberate about what he does. He has ways that are past finding out and he sets us up. My wife recently was talking to somebody that she could have been in Wesley Chapel, Florida prior to being here now. But when she came to transition, she felt like it wasn't time. She went back home on a flight and a week was it two weeks. A week later, this beautiful guy just came into her life. <laughs> just clowning I married up God bless but sincerely the reality was that God set this thing up that there was timing if I or she would have came early there wouldn't be no us I don't live in no Wesley Chapel Right. There would not be us. But the fact that God had a specific person, a specific location, a directive, she heard it, went home, going to church, not knowing that our paths would cross. And here we have Saul okay, of Tarsus and Ananias about to cross paths. Let's continue in the text. OK, here we go. Um, here's the deal. It says. What verse was I at? It says, um, then, uh, verse 13, it says, Then Ananias answered, saying, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done for your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Okay. Now, this is a reality. <laughs> okay. Paul, they knew. Paul, as the scripture says, the previous chapter says he was wreaking havoc on the church. Okay, I don't know what you think wreaking havoc is, but that is destroying the church, like wreaking havoc on the church. And Paul was doing this and and he says, Lord, hold up. Lord, wait. Uh, for real? I know Judas, his house is down the street. Um, can't you just talk to him? <laughs> Look, uh, how often do is the Lord ask us something and, and we like, for real, Lord? <laughs> I mean, did you really ask me to start a church? Did you really ask me to step away from this job? Did, did you really ask me to uh, sow that amount? Do you really ask me to close down my business? The Lord recently challenged me with this, and I don't know what it means, but he says, there's some things you're going to have to let go of, son. 
what that means? <laughs> Yet. Sincerely, I don't. But I do know I will be obedient. Amen? And he began to say, Lord, wait, wait, Lord. I heard of this man, Saul. Saul persecute. Saul wreaked havoc. My, my sister and cousin, they got dragged. They're in jail now, Lord. And, and, and Damascus, Damascus had a great uh, body of believers and people that come early to warn them. And he had heard, and why in the world? And what do you do when you're praying for revival and the revival starts with someone who persecutes the church coming your way? What do you do when what you pray for shows up in a problem? What do you do when the answer of your obedience is a situation you can't explain? Do you deviate? Do you quit? I believe God sets it up that way. It's the wilderness is that set up the rivers of life. Why is that? I don't know. Maybe because we get comfortable as people. Maybe because we'll get uh, cozy. My wife loves, I'm going to use my wife tonight a lot. Okay. Uh, my wife loves blankets and, and coziness. And the minute the blanket just wraps just perfectly. <sighs> right? There's nothing like comfort. And we all love it. We appreciate it. It's wonderful. But the Lord is like, go, get up, arise. And Ananias was no different, okay? Ananias was no different. He, Ananias sat there and said, uh, uh, but, but uh, Lord, uh, and I love how the Lord responded to him. He just said, go. Go. He didn't break it down. It's it just the first word. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite words. Can you say go? One, two, three. Go. Go. What I realize is in business, starting business, it's, it's, it's not really having the fullness of plan, though you should plan. Sometimes it's just go. Sometimes obedience shows up and I don't have the answer. I don't know why, but I'm just going to step. It's not always. Sometimes we need to be calculated. I'm not saying do something crazy. I'm not saying jump out the boat and walk on water when no one's ever walked on water except Jesus and Peter. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that um, sometimes he just says go and I will give you the instruction along the way. I know you're questioning me. I know you're doubting. I know you don't understand um, fully. I know you heard of the persecution that this man has brought. I know you know what is in his history. Has God ever told you to talk to somebody and pray for somebody that you knew their background? You knew their story. I had this guy, he knew some things I went through, and he wanted to try to pray for me and prophesy to me. But this joker knew the story. He knew the story. It's like if I'm talking to your pastor over the phone that night, and then the next day he tries, the Lord just showed me, and he told me what I just told him. Stop. <laughs> Right. I mean, am I the only one? I, sometimes I see things in an animated Nemo kind of edit, you know, and, and, and the picture is clear. Sometimes you're like, wait, what you doing? You know, stop. But Ananias, when Jesus just says go, he comforts him with these words. He, he says, um, go 
And um, I will show this man what he must suffer. Go and lay your hands upon him. And he says this. This is powerful because this is very rare. He says, um, uh, I'll just I'll just read it. It says, go for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name. But the Lord said, excuse me, before the Gentiles, kings and the children of Israel, verse 16, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house. Okay. It says that he entered the house, friends. He, he went his way and entered the house. Could you imagine walking? Like what, like what do you do when the most fearful thing, you, you're faithful, it's like you, you step out in faith and you buy something and the bill collectors are coming <laughs> because you're two months late and you, you could lose it. But you know God said it. And Ananias is going. And he shows up. And, and, and he walks in. Hey, Judas. How you doing, Ananias? <laughs> is there a man by the name of Saul of Tarsus here? Oh yeah, this that's his name, Saul. Yeah, he just he showed up, man. He's he's in that back room over there in the closet. He hasn't eaten for three days. I try to hook him up. My wife made some chicken and you know arroz con coyandus. My 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 wife hooked it up, but he he didn't want to he didn't want to eat. He he just I try to give him some water and he's like no I didn't want and he's just crying for three days and he's just on his knees in the back room and I just really don't fully understand it. You know God told Ananias um, Saul of Tarsus he's praying now, but he was known as. He was preying on people. Isn't that crazy how God in one encounter with light can showcase something? What is it about his light that shows you your fight is moot? That his prayer, P-R-A-Y-E-R, removed his Desire to pray on the people. See, for me, Saul reminds me of someone that knows it all. And I struggle with that type of personality, just Micah, because no one knows it all. And the know-it-all ran into the God of all who actually knows all. And one little encounter with light caused blindness and to be falling on the ground. And Ananias, I can see him in, in my sanctified imagination getting intrigued. You said go. You know, I mean, think about obedience. First, you're scared to take a step. And then as you go, he's at Judas's house. Hey, Judas, is he here? Yeah, he's in the back, man. He isn't. Oh, snap, Lord. You <laughs> like, doesn't it feel good to obey the Lord? Because he's with you along the journey, right? He, he walks with you and little feats of knowledge. You understand. Oh, snap. Uh, you did tell me to do this. You did tell me to stand out. He confirms his word. The Bible says he watches over his word to perform it. Right? And 
This man saw, he approaches him. Now imagine Ananias, he approaches him, a murderer, one with authority and papers. Okay, could you imagine if, if somebody came to your town and he had been destroying churches along the way? He was kind of bigger in stature. He had authority from the government. Okay, and he was walking to your house. He had a rule and he wanted to destroy Brina's worship. And Cammy wanted to take your guitar and bash it and use it to hit. I'm just giving a picture, right? <laughs> and you knew that said person was coming to your house. It takes faith to listen to God. It takes faith to believe him for the impossible. He walked up on this man and he laid his hands upon his head. And the first thing he said was, brother. This is extremely powerful because we have the only worldview that relates to our God first. We give our life to God first and then we go to work. Others work, 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 work to maybe be accepted and usually are kicked out. But we as believers in the Christ Go in and we have the, the divine ability to see by the spirit. This is my family. And he looked at a murderer and looked at a, a persecutor of the church. And the first thing he said was. Brother. Family. And he began to tell them. The Lord is going to show you all the things that you are to suffer. You are his vessel. Then he says again, arise. Can you say arise? Arise. And here's, here's, here's what took place. Okay. Okay. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. What I love about Ananias is you can see his obedience got more bold as he got closer. Doesn't that remind you of Moses? Moses, I, I can't, Lord, I'm stuttering. But the minute he gets to doing the will of God, he said, with boldness, let God's people go. I thought you stuttered, dog. <laughs> Don't we make excuses before the moment? Don't we measure ourselves so much that we can't do this and we can't do that and I'm not qualified. I haven't got this education. So-and-so didn't put their stamp on me. I ain't read the whole Bible back and forth. I didn't get this and that and that. And the Lord just says, arise, go, and be the vessel that I called you to be. 
Here's the reality. He went into that place. He told him what the Lord had showed him. If you have a word from the Lord, just tell them what the Lord said. If it's the Lord, it will confirm. The Bible says immediately that something like scales fell from his eyes. Something like limitations on his ability to capture what was really there fell. Something like a cover-up that held his ocular opportunities in his heart to, to, to prevent him from seeing what was really there fell. Something that was a high place, okay, an exalted place before Saul actually fell when a man just obeyed. I'm going somewhere with all of this. All of this is a setup. A man just obeyed. Scales fell off of his eyes. He began to arise. Somebody say arise. He began to arise. He began to see this man who didn't eat for three days. I don't know if you've ever not eaten for three days. I don't know if you've ever not drinking for three days. I've done it twice. And I got to be honest, <laughs> unless the Lord calls me to do it again, I don't, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> That's no joke. But it stripped down Paul's pretense, his, uh, excuse me, Saul's pretense, his everything, his authority, and made him naked and open before the God in whom he has to do. It made him available before God. Could you imagine if you were Paul in that situation? You're sitting at some random location that you came with a vision and you ran into vision, <laughs> capital V, and uh, you, you ran into the, the one who has vision. You, you ran into it and now you're redirecting, you're contemplating, you're guilty, you're sh ashamed of yourself. By this time, he started to wrestle on what he believed by this time, he was by himself. The hunger pains, I'm sure, was like, just eat his, his wife's chicken. Just, just eat. He has thirst in his, in his and he's crying, and, and God heard this man. Just a side note, nobody is far enough to be reached by God. Crazy thing is Ananias made up his mind about a guy, but God knows the guy. And as believers, we should never make up what we think it should be. All we are called to do is listen and obey. We don't know what's in a person. He knows what's in that person. And Ananias ran up on him and scales fell off his eyes. The Bible said he received strength as he got up. He ate a little food. So the chicken, the wife warmed it up again. He ate a little food and he got nourished. And it says strength started to return from him. It said that he was baptized and filled Here's the crazy thing. Does anyone remember the title of the message? He's talking to Saul. 
on one side. The murderer. The unbelieving person that was so purposed to do his will that he thought was right. And I like it because he was persuaded. But on the other side. He's talking to a certain disciple. Now, I love that word certain. Because this is not a pastor. Later, historians say that he became the, the leader in the Damascus church. But there's little to know about this man. He, he, he was a certain disciple. What is a disciple? A disciple is one that follows the teacher but applies the teaching that they're taught. With discipline. Right? And this man on one side met up with another man on another side. And the one that brought them together is the one who hung for both sides. He's on both sides. He's on both sides. And here's what the Lord showed me. Freedom, you're Ananias. You're Ananias. And you're praying for a move of God. You're praying for God to bring them in from the east, west, north, and south. You're believing God for expansion. And he is in preparation and while you're believing God, on the other side, there's family that are hearing the call. There's people that are in the highways and the byways. There's people you ran into in your former life and former locations that they're going to hear and quickly you're going to see some changes. And when the Lord tells you to do some things, remember I told you at the, the worship night that God is going to call for some radical obedience. It's getting ready to start. And from one side to the other side, he's going to start this revival. It's a simple word. We can't make up our mind before he's made up our mind. They might not look like what we think. They might have dirt on their back. But I almost named the message, they're coming. They're coming from the east, from the west, from the north, from the south. Because there's an anointing in this house that would believe God. There's a trumpet and a hammer in this house. There's an authority in this house. There's the word in this house. There's the willingness for God to move in this house. And he shall supply but the question is this will you obey if he interrupts your life if he interrupts your walk if he interrupts what you know to do because you've been doing it for 20 plus years will you say yes Lord The last days 
are these days. And he's raising up people that would simply believe him. Would you stand up on your feet? He's raising up a generation that doesn't care anymore. And for some of you in this room, he's going to develop you rather quickly. For some, he's bringing such an anointing that you used to experience in previous days. And it's going to be quickened to you. You're going to be in the store. I'm telling you, I feel that thing. Some people say, man, am I done? No, you're not done. That's the word. He brought you here because he's bringing. And some of you have wisdom in here, in this place, that they're going to need. Because there's a revival and freedom, in another definition, is revival. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Lift up your hands. Close those eyes. Revive us, revive us, revive us. You're on both sides, oh Lord. Lord, I believe you're doing something that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. We will not make up our minds before they come. We will simply obey. And when they come, let us treat them like family. Because you're bringing our family back. You're bringing our prayers back. Uncles and aunts are coming back. Cousins are coming back. People at our jobs are coming back. Because they're going to see you in a fresh new way. Oh, they're going to see you in a fresh new way. They're going to see you in a way that's real. Draw us back to you. So earlier I said that Ananias said this answer. He said, here am I, Lord. Can we all say that together? One, two, three. If you look behind that word, there's a Hebrew word where that origin's from. Now this is New Testament, so this is Greek but it's connected to the same meaning. And it's a Hebrew word that says Hanani. And that word Hanani means here I am. I'm available. And if stuff's in the way, I will remove it. Wherever you send me, I'll go. Isaiah the prophet prayed this when he saw the Lord. 
Ezekiel prayed this when he saw the Lord. In Genesis, multiple people prayed this in their response. Abraham, when they saw the Lord. And there's a generation that needs what lives here. And if God sent a revival, could he trust you with what he's sending? A lot of you have skills and abilities, and it's time to get to work. It's time to use what he gave you. No more excuses. Oh. The name Ananias is connected to the Old Testament, Hananiah. And the meaning of that name is our God is gracious. Hananiah was in the fire with the other Hebrew boys. And in the fire, the Lord stepped in. And when you know who you are in Christ, you always have an open door for him to step in. See, freedom, you have to know that Ananias had no clue that his obedience would be connected to, after Jesus, the most impactful man that we are still reaping from. You don't know who God is getting ready to send your way. He's preparing ordinary people for extraordinary work. So, Father, would you seal this word? Would you seal it so the enemy can't steal it? Would you tuck it into our spirits that we may receive and be ready? We thank you for calling us. Now we're ready to arise and to go. Open our eyes. Now if we're Saul in the room, change our minds. Let us see that you are king and you have a plan. As we depart tonight, let us embrace one another. Let us grip tighter unto your word and to your spirit. Let us be a worship culture that bridges the gap to people outside or who are in the gap. As we depart, let us not depart from your presence. We love you and we honor you this evening. In Jesus' precious holy name, and all God's people say, amen. amen. Can you put your hands together? He visited us tonight. Amen. Awesome. If you would like to learn more about who we are and what we believe at Freedom Church, then make sure you visit our website at freedomchurchfamily.com. You will find it easy to invest in this ministry as well as be a part of our upcoming events. 
Thank you so much for listening and remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this one. We pray you accept this gift of freedom and share it with someone you know. 